We all deserve a great 2023. But how do we make that happen? Do we just recycle our list of resolutions from last year? Or do we take stock of what is holding us back and let those things go? Join with me as we discuss how to have a great 2023. Hi, Paul Shepard here, and welcome to the podcast. You know, some people think that having faith means believing a bunch of things that you know are impossible. But here at Rational Christianity, we take a rational approach to understanding the Christian faith. We combine history, science, the Bible, common sense, and then understanding of human nature to make Christianity make sense. Everyone is welcome here. We all deserve to have a great 2023. But how do we work towards making 2023 a better year? Many of us have made New Year's resolutions with that very intention. And since we are now approaching the end of January, I want to ask you about your New Year's resolutions. And if you did not make any resolutions, please keep listening anyway. And actually, I want a bit of a segue, sort of, because I want to open with a question. And here's the question. When you are driving your car down a highway, are you in control Now, I wish I could hear your answers, but I've asked this question to many people, and here are some of the responses I've heard. And I've heard yes, and I've heard no. So, first of all, on the yes side, people will say things like, yes, I'm in control, I'm steering the car, I control the direction of travel. Yes, I'm in control, I control the speed of the car. Yes, I'm in control, I control the temperature in the cabin. And these are all valid points, of course. But I have also heard from people who argued, no. They say things like, no, I'm not in control. I have no control over the traffic. Or, no, I'm not in control. I get flat tires and mechanical breakdowns. No, I'm not in control. My child just threw up in the back seat. Again, these are all valid points. So clearly the question, are you in control while you're driving, is not really a yes-no question. I suppose a better question would be, while you are driving, what do you control? And what happens that you do not control? But perhaps an even better question is this. Given that unanticipated happens when we drive, how do you respond to those unanticipated things? In general, I see that people respond in one of two ways to unanticipated things while driving. Some people just basically play the victim card. For example, when they describe a trip they were on, they only relate to you the worst parts of the journey. They only tell you how lousy their trip was because of external factors. Other people, though, realize that every unanticipated surprise opens up new opportunities. When they describe a trip that they took, they will tell you about the fun little curio museum that they discovered that they only found because they got a flat tire, or some other delight that they found because of some unanticipated event on their journey. And I wanted to open a discussion about driving as a lead-in to talking about having a great 2023, because in many ways, people respond to life the same way that we respond to driving our cars on road trips. When things in life go wrong, and they will go wrong, do we play the victim card, or do we see unanticipated events as opportunities? This reminds me of a story about Jesus. This is the famous story of Jesus calling the fishers. As you may recall, Jesus spent about three years 
wandering around helping people. But his first action was to collect a small group of friends to wander with him. And we call this group of friends the disciples. The story of Jesus calling the fishers is the first story of Jesus gathering his friends together. The reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, beginning at verse 18. Quote, As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed. As Jesus went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed. And then Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their public places, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. End quote. And I have to say, I always loved that story of Jesus calling the fishers. I mean, it was so quick and clean. Jesus calls them, and they follow. But at the same time, Jesus' call to his friends seems a little bit, well, I think odd to us. We hear that Jesus called four fishers, but we don't hear anything about them, really. I mean, what qualifications did they have? Were they good people? Did they pray regularly? You know, we do not even hear if they're any good at fishing. All we know for sure was that they're willing to leave their boats and their nets, which literally represented their jobs, their security, even their sense of identity, in order to follow Jesus on his project. Now, if you think I'm a little bit uncomplimentary to Jesus' friends, you might be right. But I actually find it quite encouraging to realize that Jesus' friends were not people that sat around reading theological books. They did not wear fancy clerical robes. They were normal people, people like us. And if ordinary people, fishers and farmers, were able to join in and participate in the ministry of Jesus, well, that gives hope for all of us. It certainly gives me hope. Jesus knows that common folk, ordinary, diverse people like us, have something to do with the kingdom of God on earth. And that is good news. So perhaps the fishers were actually the perfect people to follow Jesus. They were willing to leave their nets. And their nets, as we said, was not just a pile of string. The nets represented their livelihoods, their security, even their sense of identity. Now, when we read the whole gospel, we know that the fishers went back to fishing after Jesus died. But they did, and they were willing to take a huge detour on the road of life to explore a new opportunity when it came along. And they were willing to start by walking away from the lives that they knew. So let's get back to how we ourselves can have a great 2023. How do we do that ourselves? And perhaps our first step is to make ourselves the best selves we can be. Perhaps like the fishers, we need to walk away from something too. What do you need to walk away from to make 2023 a great year for you? Perhaps negativity, perhaps anger, perhaps your need to control other people, perhaps unrealistic expectations, perhaps people who take you for granted are toxic for you, perhaps emotional baggage that is no longer serving a good purpose for you. Most people, including me, by the way, carry emotional baggage around we do not need and we do not benefit from. 
but we can always choose to put that baggage down. We can choose to walk away from that baggage. Baggage that drags us down and makes our lives miserable, or at least a lot less fun. Baggage that stands between us and a wonderful 2023. If you do not know where to look for your unneeded baggage, ask a close friend. They can probably tell you. Or reach out to me. I'd love to get to know you. You have nothing to lose except something you probably do not need to carry anyway. And one more thing. Think of the last time you flew on an airplane. Did you complain loudly to everyone you met because the airline had the audacity to charge you for excess baggage? Well, of course you did. Nobody wants to pay for excess baggage when we go on a vacation. And yet, ironically, most human beings are willing to pay huge emotional costs to carry excess baggage every other day of the year. Emotional baggage is expensive. Emotional baggage is much more expensive than the airline fees you complained about last time you flew. Do you want a better 2023? Really? Start by ditching some of your emotional baggage. Name your baggage, put it down, walk away. You got this. Have a great 2023. Amen. Hi again, and thanks for joining in today. I'm Rev. Dr. Paul Shepard, a minister with the United Church of Canada, currently serving at Sydney Heritage United Church in Bradford, Ontario. I'm also an environmental scientist with a PhD in physics. I'm passionate about making Christianity make sense. Please subscribe to the channel and feel free to visit the church, either in person or online. You might also enjoy my book, Evolving Christianity, which is about taking a scientific, rational approach to Christianity in order to fight racism and other social diseases. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.